Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, everybody, to some more bonus content from The Geek Buddies! Hey! Well, you know, one of our favorite shows has been The Mandalorian. Uh, We did not review Episode 3, The Sin, or Chapter 3, The Sin, last week, but we're all back together again, so we're going to review both Chapter 3, The Sin, and Chapter 4, Sanctuary. I'm John Roca. I'm Michael Vogel. And this is Shannon McClung. Shannon, why don't you start us off? What do you think about these two episodes? What stood out for you? Man, really, I mean, you know, we saw such an isolated, um, isolated existence, especially in Chapter 2, that uh, the Mandalorian was living. Um, Three, we get him coming back. Like, he's, he's got his prize with him. He also, I think... Views that prize as a bit of an enemy, as he said to the armorer. Like, you know, she's asking for his signet. He talks about the mudhorn, but then he says it wasn't an honorable kill because I had help from an enemy. Um, we get to see, oh, allegedly the uh, Mandalorian who came up and was kind of had his finger yeah. in uh, Pedro Pascal's face. Supposedly, that's John Favreau. <laughs> he decided he wanted to wear a helmet too. Why not? Um, everything about both of those episodes. Again, I, you know, we talked about uh, on Watchmen with the efficiency of storytelling. Like, there's no fat. Like, you're going in. We're t- we're doing exactly what we need to do, and we're getting out and getting to see that action. I mean, there was that moment of like, okay, I know he's going to get out when uh, Grief Karga. And all the other bounty hunters have yeah. surrounded him. Like, I know he's going to get out. I don't know how. I completely forgot about the whole squad of Mandalorians and watching them all come in to kind of save the day. I was like, God, this is this this is hitting me right in the Star Wars yeah. uh, nostalgia button right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was great. I thought uh, same thing. Like, I just loved seeing the. You know, it's so funny. It's the Mandalorian is interesting because it is a uh, it's telling a story that we've all seen many times before. Uh, whether it be in westerns or samurai films, had to slide it in, didn't you? Uh, well, I was gonna say western, and uh-huh. I was actually gonna say it, and then uh-huh. I was like, I don't, I want to say both because it is both. It's very, it is cut. both. It's both, both samurai films. Uh, it's and westerns. more samurai than western, but I, it is I both. Will say, I will say it is very much both. Uh, but when he like, like my point Never being, seen a samurai film. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my point. But you've made me watch samurai films with you. I uh, do. I have. Uh, That's a fair point. I remember that when he takes. Baby Yoda back to Babira. to the Imperial group, yeah, uh, and drops him off. Like it's not like I'm surprised when he goes back to get true, him. True, true. I'm not surprised by anything that happened, but I was overjoyed to watch it because it's such a great telling of yeah. this type of story. Um, so that was great. As Shannon, I'm, I'm exactly with you. I knew he was going to get away from all the bounty hunters, uh, but when all those Mandalorians flew up to save the day. Boy, I didn't just I like I just cheered. This is the way. This this is the way. <laughs> oh my god, I want that tattooed um, on my arm immediately. Really interesting. I do hope we get a little bit more backstory like, you know, this whole idea that the Mandalorians were all in hiding under there and like only one yeah. could be seen at a time and like there was a lot of 
uh, there's a lot of t- and like you were saying the stuff with the signet and everything. There's a lot of discussion about this culture of the Mandalorians that I hope that we get some more clarity on, just because yeah. I'm really intrigued by all of it. A um, couple other interesting things about that third episode. I was reading online um, the doctor, yeah, that was experimenting on Baby Yoda. Uh, his the symbol on his jacket is yeah. just one little uh, line or hashtag or something off from what uh, all of the people working on Camino and oh, Attack of the yeah. Clones. John had mentioned that when you were gone, yeah. actually. Yeah. And so it kind of just like lending credence to this idea that whatever's going on with Baby Yoda, what they want with him, uh, is really tied into this whole idea of cloning. Yeah, that there's, there's a very real possibility that this is a clone uh, Yoda. Or that they want to clone this, yeah, this particular particular baby, yeah. to make more force sensitive things or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was all really, really interesting, uh, and in in adding to the mystery of Baby Yoda, yeah. I, I mean, th- this is interesting because both these film, both these episodes directed by women, Deborah Chow and Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. Uh, Deborah Chow is going to be doing the Kenobi series, all of all of all the episodes, episodes for so the Kenobi series. that's exciting. Because after that, just after that episode, you're just incredibly excited. I will say this. I didn't like Bryce Dallas Howard's episode as much as the previous three, um, even though I enjoyed the Seven Samurai references and all of that throughout. I thought Gina Carano did I thought it was real- more Magnificent Seven. Oh, well, did you? <laughs> did you? <laughs> Storytelling or direction? Uh, no, I don't think I minded direction. I think it was more storytelling. The construction of the episode, I, I thought everything happened a little too conveniently, too easily. And it made it feel like a, an episode of Kung Fu in the middle of the season. It, well, so it's interesting that you said that. Uh, I was watching it with Daniel, with my brother, yeah. and it, for, very, for, for many reasons that I don't think are Bryce Dallas Howard's issue at all, right. uh, for many reasons, it felt out of place a little bit. It felt more like a Star Trek episode. Yeah. Uh, made for a couple reasons. One, we very rarely see pre- technological planets in Star Wars with the exception of like the Ewoks. Right. But the world of Star Wars is a world that even if you're on a backwater planet like Tatooine or Jakku, there are still aliens and machinery and ships. So to all of a sudden go to this place where these are like farmer farming people in huts, <laughs> it feels much more like those episodes mm. of Star Trek where they like would beam down to a planet right. that didn't have spaceships yet. See, um, I don't think that's the same though, because they did have droids. They did have droids. They had one harvest droid, but in general, this was. I, I'm not saying that. I'm that. There's no hard and fast rules here. I'm not right. being like they had no machinery. I'm saying in watching this compared to uh, the planet that he's on when he's getting the bounties in the first and the third episode, yeah. and being on you know, Tatooine stand-in planet where there's Jawas and their big you know thing, sand crawlers like, and the big yeah. sand crawl like. Everything was very of the world of Star Wars. Right. Going to yeah. a planet where there's a bunch of farming people that, yeah, they had one droid, but like they didn't have the blasters. They were just, it just, it felt like a very different world than we're used to in Star Wars. It didn't yeah. bother me necessarily, no, no. Um, but I think that was part of what made it feel different. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want them trying to make him too much of a good guy. I don't like, I liked it in the third, in those first three episodes. He's his own person. He does his own thing. He has his own set of rules, his own morals, his own code. You put him in this thing where he has to save women and children and think about a life and putting this putting this blaster down and taking his mask off and falling in love. Like, I don't want to give a shit about any of that. I, I want him to be a rover. I want him to be a ronin. A ronin samurai. God damn it. Oh. I want him to roam from town to town and do his thing. 
but a lone gunslinger. A lone, you might say. Well, yes, you might. But Japanese came up with it first. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. But uh, also, but also, he like I don't, I I would disagree with that a little bit because it's like oh, well, would you? No, he he is everything that you said. Yes, but but I think the seeing. The temptation of like wanting to do this actually makes him more interesting. I don't think so. I think it makes him. I think they're, they're trying too hard to make him a nice guy. I don't want a nice guy Mandalorian. I think he is a nice guy. He's fucking. He rescued Baby Yoda. Uh, but you're ignoring the fact that he probably killed a lot of people. I'm not ignoring that at all. Well, okay. I think that what's saving in, one again. Baby it's like I, I think he's a. Uh, look, I hate to break it to you. Like he's a nice guy. Uh, I think he's a. I think he's. Uh, I think he's a good guy, but. I like, I like the fact that the less he does, the less he says, the less he. I like that. I like the mystery of it all. And I think in this episode they dialed, they dialed, they moved away from the mystery and made him more of like, oh, he's got, he's a good-hearted guy. You can go and help, ask him for help. Whereas even in a Magnificent Seven, if you, Yul Brenner, as good as he is in that movie to those Mexican people to save them from from Eli Wallach, he doesn't like. Think of I don't know I'm I'm just saying they don't try to make him a good guy. But he you know reminded, that's going to happen though. He's like, going to be a good guy. He's, yeah. That helmet's coming off. Yeah. I don't like it. It's too soon. Um, <laughs> Maybe in the third season he can take it off. Listen, because you can't put it back on again. So we don't have a Mandalorian. He's taking that helmet off. This well, season. He says you can't put it back on again. Yeah. He said, and it. he's and there will come a point where for something he's going to make a sacrifice he's going to take that helmet off. I hate to break it to you. That's happening. Wow. But thinking back to them asking, like, have you ever taken your helmet off, all that, and how right. Mandalorians never take the helmets off, what about uh, Sabine Wren in Rebels? Yeah, true. I mean, she had that helmet well, off a yeah. lot. Well, again, this is what I'm curious about, is that there's a lot of Mandalorians and Rebels that yeah. were that had their helmets off a lot. So I'm actually... True. And Dave Filoni direct... You know, like, Dave Filoni's involved in this, so I'm really curious to see how what they're doing with the Mandalorians here at the end of the rebellion yeah. right, ties into what we know of Mandalore so far from Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. I'll be, I'll, that, that's one of the reasons that I'm curious to get to know what's going on and why all these Mandalorians are in hiding and all these rules that they've created is what, what happened because we spend in Clone Wars and Rebels a good amount of time on Mandalore. Yeah. So, and, and, like I said, given Filoni's involvement and given everything, I feel like, and, and knowing that Lucasfilm considers Clone Wars and Rebels as canon, I'm curious to see how that all lines up. Yeah, I, d- I did like that we got a little bit of background of what happened after Jedi. Oh yes, what, with Cara Dune, what she was talking about. That's the Gina Carano character. What she was talking about. How like yeah, yeah, this is what I signed up for to be a bodyguard of a Senate person or whatever. Like it's not what I wanted to do. Yeah, and so you have to ask yourself. You're right. In the history of the world, rebellions have succeeded. Revolutions have succeeded. It's been very rare when the revolutions have led to a stable government right afterwards that isn't tyrannical or a despot or what? some kind of authoritarian rule. Yeah, I mean, you thank Mon Mothma for that. <coughs> or you just, sorry about that. You just choke? Sorry about that. I didn't that. know Sorry you felt that. that strongly about Mon yeah, Mothma. It's a strong situation. I love Mon Mothma. <laughs> um, She's my gal. I also like that we get the next sort of section of memory um, when his parents leave yes. him. And then it's a droid who looks like they find him. Yeah. And they, that's his uh, prejudice against droids. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, what I, I feel like we're, we're going to get another. That was in the third episode, right? Not the fourth. 
That's in the third episode. Yeah, that yeah. was in the third episode. But like, I, I do think that we're going to get like like the way that I read that is his parents hid him. Yeah. The droid found him, was about to kill him, and I think we're gonna see how he got out of that, who saved him. Yeah. I was trying to figure out where that would fall in the timeline. Like how old is he? Like how where in Star Wars timeline would he be when he was that age? Right. So it is it's set nine years after Return of the Jedi, right? The Mandalorian. I thought it was five. Years. Five years. Five yeah. years. Okay. Well, he's. We're guessing thirty-five. I would say thirties. Thirties. So thirty years prior. Oh, is that pre New Hope? It's pre New Hope. Pre yeah. New Hope. But I'm trying to figure out, like, is this the tail end of the Clone Wars? Like, was that the Droid Army of the Clone Wars? That like, is that is like that a... the Separatists? Like, that's what right, I'm trying. Like, right. I was trying to figure out. Like, I was like, is he too old to have been a kid at the end of the Clone Wars? Because right. that's where you had you had Clone Army and Droid Army. So, well, but even in Rebels, right? You have the fraction on Mandalore. The f- the Civil War of Mandalore, the both the red and the blue, right? So you, where would he have fallen? Right, but that? I mean, but he clearly has a prejudice against droids, right? Uh, and we see that droid. And by the time you get to Rebels, there's factions on Mandalore, but they're just dealing with Imperial occupation, right? Uh, not an army of separatist droids. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I wish that I knew real history as well as I know <laughs> Star Wars history. The, like I. I really would be so much smarter in IRL. Like IRL, I'd be a smart guy. Right now, I'm just like, well, in the, the armies of Mandalore. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, yeah. And yeah, Cara Dune was a great character. And I, I love the little... She's supposed to back. I love just the little... Like you said, I love the... Okay, she was like... She's on Endor. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the way they just drop in those little bits. Right. Called the Imperial guys imps. Why? Yes. One last thing, uh, or one of the things, uh, what do you think about the fact that they're dropping the Mandalorian episode for the week that Skywalker comes out, right, uh, that Wednesday instead of the Friday or Thursday? I think that's smart. Do you think it's going to connect up? No. You don't think? No. A lot of the big rumors are that it's going to connect up. I think it does. Okay. We'll find out. Scott Mendelson from Forbes, he tweeted, it, he goes, he goes. You were just so emphatic about your no. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate that. I mean, Marvel already did this with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with uh, Winter Soldier. It's it's uh, it's been done. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, no, that was done well. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Scott Mendelson said, he, he goes, I'm not saying anything, but it it's curious that they're not making The Last Jedi available before December 18th. And they're not ending the Mandalorian before December 18th. So it's interesting that they're not letting Rise of Skywalker be its own thing on its own without distraction from other movies so or TV shows. So I find that fascinating. That would, that would make me insanely happy. But as one who's going in with the bar severely lowered for the yeah. Rise of Skywalker, that's why I don't think those two are going have to. Have you liked any of the spots? Have you liked any of the recent spots? I, I'm I'm emotionally detached. Wow, really? So yeah. if someone spoiled something for you, you wouldn't care. For Rise of Skywalker, I I, I mean I'm not looking for I'm not okay. actively looking for fair it. Enough, but if someone enough. if something were to slip, I I in one ear out the other. Right. I am so excited I cannot contain myself. <laughs> Both of you. I turned down an early screening with me. <laughs> I did turn down that early screening because I want to wait. So we we we're taking 108 people to see it at the Grove on opening night. Rock and I, roll. And, and yeah, this is one. It was the same with Endgame. Like, there's just yeah. I love when we, the three of us, get to go see a movie together, especially when we see it early and we can I talk agree. about it. And in this one case, even though we could have seen it early, 
I want to wait for that big moment. I unfortunately because of the job I have, I have to see it early because we're going to do videos about it, and then the production guys. But then you're coming to see it with us too. Of course I am. Of course I am, and I'm not going to blubber like I did in uh, <laughs> Infinity War. You you can't promise that. Uh, yeah, true. It's true. I don't know. Carrie Fisher shows up on screen. You can burst into tears. <sighs> listen, listen. When she was holding Luke Skywalker's lightsaber in that TV spot, I was like, huh? huh? Um, I will say, uh, really quick. Yeah, I love Baby Yoda. Baby, they're finally releasing Funko Pops and plush dolls. They announced it this afternoon. The plush dolls, though, I think you're only getting a uh, coupon. They don't actually release till April. <laughs> it's the empty box campaign. It's the empty. It's just oh, like it's just it. like the original oh, Star God. Wars, where they didn't have the toys ready in time. Yeah. Um. No, I think Baby Yoda's great. I'm really curious to see what happens. I do think, though. Yeah. That to your what you were saying about the Rise of Skywalker bit, I do wonder if. Clearly, what's going on with this baby Yoda, whether he is a clone of Yoda or they want to clone him or whatever, yeah. Camino and cloning is a piece of this. And I've I've talked to some people. I don't this is a spoiler because nobody heard this, but I have some friends who are really in the Snoke was a failed Palpatine clone. Oh, uh, camp. Cata camp, which I have to say I don't hate. Um, and so I think that if they had some big cloning reveal that in like the penultimate episode of Mandalorian and then Skywalker came out, could be interesting. We'll see. You got to work really hard to maybe give a fuck about cloning in the Rise of Skywalker. I, I, you'd have to work really, really hard. Well, I, how did Palpatine come back? I don't know, bro. You think he just like snapped his fingers? No, I don't think he snapped his fingers. But he could have put him, his, what they said, his energy. Like, who was, he, was that other Darth that could have... Darth, uh, Plagueis, oh, Plagueis. Plagueis, who could have taught him how to attach his energy energy to the helmet or something like that. That's certainly possible. That I would accept more than a clone situation. But a lot of people are saying that dark, that uh, that Dark Ray is a clone of Ray, and so yeah. all these things that are happening. It's all clone. if you start going on the clone route, I start hearing prequels. I start hearing prequels, and I start tuning out. So. I feel differently about it, mainly because of Clone Wars the animated series. Okay, uh, I I think like I which most of the public did not see by the way. What? Which most of the oh, movie going public, I don't. I don't not I'm not see. saying that the movie going public would need to know what happened in Clone Wars. Gotcha. What I'm saying is that Clone Wars. This is just a personal thing. Yeah, this yeah. is not a uh, Clone Wars. The animated series did such a good job of taking the characters of the clones and making them important, and Agreed. taking Kamino and what they were doing, and making it actually make sense and be interesting. Yeah, that I have less of a. This, that kind of visceral reaction. Fair enough. Now, I'm planning on, I the eight days leading up to when we see Rise of Skywalker, I put every day... Disney Plus? I put... I, I have it in my calendar, like Phantom Menace is today, oh. Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Once I get to New Hope, I'm fine. Those first three days are going to be rough. <laughs> I'm going to watch the 30-minute capsulations of the previous. Um But I just feel like uh, I want to I want to, I want to just like be ready. Yeah. Get all geared up for it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Soak it in. But we have uh, more episodes of Mandalorian to go. Certainly, we certainly enjoyed both of these episodes, and uh, it keeps going forward. And we'll see what the new adventure is this Friday. This Friday, uh, there you go. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to our uh, spoiler-filled review of the last two episodes of the Mandalorian. We will take it one episode at a time now, up until the end, uh, right before Christmas. So interesting because we we oh we'll be here. So we will be around for a Christmas. The December 27th episode, the finale of Mandalorian, to give you our review of that. So uh, look forward to that down the road. But until then. Ho, ho, <laughs> ho. There you go.
What do you got to say, Shannon? If you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's <laughs> at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKToon. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca Says. Boom. Um, hey, everybody. If you find yourself cruising somewhere on the Outer Rim and you have some free time in the middle of all of those bounties that you're going after, give us some ratings. Give us some stars give us some retweets uh you know the more that people hear about us the more they want to check us out and the more that we become infamous in the outer and inner rim hello you gotta make it dirty every single time (laughs) just roaming around that outer rim and in that inner rim listen man anyways (laughs) all right well thanks everybody for listening to us here on the The Geek geek buddies Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.